Hey team, welcome back and welcome to episode 47 of Transition Talk, where we talk about dental transitions and how to navigate the sometimes messy path to practice ownership. Sometimes we have a well thought out plan for these episodes, and sometimes it's a result of the calls and the clients on our plate. And today that is the case. Whether pure coincidence or a result of the times we're in, we are seeing an influx of sellers looking to offload their satellite offices and buyers looking to buy satellite offices. These offices, secondary locations, satellite, whatever you want to call them, come with their own unique opportunities and clearly some challenges. So today we're going to dive in from both sides. If you're a seller looking to sell or a buyer looking to buy and talk about what a satellite is, why they're created, what challenges exist, and what you need to know from a selling side and buying side if you're looking to buy one now or in the future. But before we get going... Mr. Loretto, how are you today? I am fantastic, Miss Ratcliffe. It's a pleasure to be in the office. We are still empty here. Still empty as we sit here in July of 2020. (laughs) 45,000 square feet paying rent with no one here. (laughs) We're not going to think about that. No, 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 not at all. So you just came back from a pretty cool family trip? Yes, not vacation. Not vacation. vacation. Sorry, kids. Yeah, I went to Colorado and took the wifey and the bonus kid, and we drove up there and spent some time, and I think I've slept like 20-something hours in the last couple of days just because I need my own bed. I know, and you're the only one that's happy about the humidity now that you've re-entered Dallas, So I I like my humidity. I like my little sea level location of Dallas. I (laughs) breathe well. You know, I don't wake up in the middle of the night just thirsting the water. But yeah, I'm just happy to be back and ready for... I'm ready for a Mexico vacation, Christy. I want Mexico. I just want to just go back to normal and hop on airplanes and go to Mexico. (laughs) What have you been doing? We have been doing nothing. Yeah. And it's fantastic, I guess. I'm going to say that because at some point in the future, I'm going to like desire doing nothing again. So I'm trying to enjoy it. But no, right now we're just planning for fall and um, what every other person is doing or parents doing in July of 2020 in case this doesn't age well. We are all trying to figure out what in the heck we're doing for school. I know. Sorry. We're going to work. It's just a challenge, but I'm trying to enjoy it. I am going to make a a prediction because the spirit in wine and beer business has gone (laughs) through the roof in the first part of this. If all our kids stay home, I'm going to go ahead and invest in the spirit business because it is going to skyrocket. You've seen the meme where it's like, sorry, future generations of all the homeschooled uh, kids while they're drunk, while parents are drunk or something. (laughs) One job at a time. But let's talk about this hot topic that I seem to be hearing of more and more. I just feel like for whatever reason, there's a lot of these on our plate right now. So we're going to focus on sellers first. So let's yes. talk to the seller. If you're a seller, listen in. This part of it's for you. Why do people create a satellite? Let's talk about that. What's it intended to be? I'm envisioning my 20 years. I've listened to these people, how they got these second, the third, and the fourth location. So it's typically one of these three areas. So one is, I'll use the example of the orthodontist. The orthodontist is in community A, They have maybe 15,000 people and they're competing with maybe one other orthodontist and there's just not a business maybe in that area for them. And they're kind of stuck around 700 collections or something like that. They just want to grow. I just want to their office. And so then they maybe put a satellite in a smaller area and maybe it's like 15 to 20 miles away, 30 miles away, 35 miles away. So they go set this up. So I think option A is just that they just, they want to do a startup and they need more business. They need more patients. Another opportunity that dentists will come across is basically a dentist, maybe it's just becomes disabled. A dentist becomes 
Uh, they just close the door like a COVID. Something happens. They lose their license. They just get old and something happens. They just like want to retire. And so what will happen is somebody in that community will know about it. And maybe that's, again, five or 10 miles away. It's a little too far for us just to take those charts and stick them into our practice. So we're now we're going to acquire that practice for a low price. And that's going to be our satellite. And it could be a situation where you're successful. You've got a great practice. And there's another great practice. And again, that's in another smaller community or something away. And it's almost too good to pass up. It's a six, seven hundred thousand collection practice. It's a fee for service. It's got great technology. But something happens to that individual to where they just want to sell it. And you see the opportunity. Maybe you're looking at it from an investment standpoint. Maybe in the back of your mind, you're thinking, okay, I've got some relationships with a D4 that's at this school. I know they're coming back. I'll get it ready for them. And then maybe we'll create a partnership or something. Yeah. But the thought process, it's usually one of those three things that's going to happen. And so they've done well. Mm-hmm. You know, the dentist is doing really well and they're just seeing, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready yep. for that second office. And who knows, maybe it's going to be three, four, five or six offices. And so they basically acquire this thing. Yep. And I've seen some that just kind of want a empire too, right? They just want to know, like, for whatever reason, it's important for them to be like, I have a three location practice right. when like collectively all three are probably doing like what maybe one could do because... Clearly, time and energy can only be divided so many ways if you're kind of a solo doc. Okay, so then that's the plan. And for some, it works fantastic and growth and associate comes on and things are jiving. But then sometimes it doesn't work and they want to sell it. So what kind of usually spurs this? I know what I hear, but what do you hear? Let me just hit on one of those points you just mentioned is if you talk to people with gray hair, it's me speaking, It's always not the best is I've got five locations. I mean, the guy or gal that runs one location under one roof that can manage a three or four million dollar operation with a 45 to 50 percent overhead that's got associates and pulled equity out and still wakes up with eight, ten million dollars of net worth or liquid assets down the road. I'm telling you, they're pretty happy people. Mm -hmm. It's the people that try to go set up all these locations and thinking that, This is going to be a million. That one's going to be a million. This one's going to be a million. And this is how I'm going to do it. I mean, to me, what you just told me is you've got four offices and you've got four Four separate headaches. Yeah, you've got four separate headaches. You've got four separate overheads. You've got fixed costs. You've got time involved. You've got people involved. And what I figured out, too, with these locations is you're not efficient with people. Mm -hmm. Okay, you're not efficient with the management. You're not efficient with the supply orders. You're not Mm -hmm. efficient with... Okay, we run a CAD CAM over here, but I've got this little tiny location that is, I don't know, 500,000, but we advertise as a group that we do, you know, same day crowns. So therefore, let's get four separate CAD CAMs. Let's get four separate lasers. Let's get four $150,000 x ray units. Okay, it's just like you start to become like super efficient. So in the end, what you'll end up seeing is. They just become a headache. And when you have a headache, people want to unload the headache. Yep. And so now the question is, how do you do that? Absolutely. And I think the reasons why people, at least what I hear, when people are selling, it's because it wasn't working. Mm-hmm. They don't like or enjoy traveling anymore. Mm-hmm. The satellite isn't making as much money as they expected. It's hard to keep people staff there. So all of these reasons why it's not working anymore, and now they're looking to offload it. And I think the problems, right, and there's a whole spectrum of things that could happen and not all of these things are going to happen. 
happen to every satellite location, but the problems that we see are then when you go to offload it, a certain group of problems can exist depending on how you set it up. And I think that's important for, and what we kind of want to focus on today is how you set up the satellite. Really, I would say 20% actually set it up with kind of the future thought process in mind and that flexibility. Most of them set it up and it's like, hey, this is what works. This is the cheapest and simplest option of what I'm going to do. And I'll figure that out later. Right. Or I didn't even think about selling the satellite or transitioning it because I thought it was going to work or it did work, but I never wanted to sell it separately. And so now I'm tasked with kind of transitioning this satellite or selling this satellite. So it's like you're saying a plan matters. A plan kind of (laughs) matters. Yes. And I can't tell you how many clients or, you know, sellers of buyers that I'm talking to who say, I never intended to sell this. Right. And so I never thought I would need this. And so now I'm stuck. And so that's what we want to talk about today is whether or not, you know, if you're sitting there and either you're looking to acquire a satellite, you already have a satellite and whether or not you think you want to sell it or you have no intention of ever selling it, I think there's something that you can kind of gather from what we're about to talk about. Because again, the goal is to create something that is flexible and efficient and allows you to have the option if you want to do that in the future. And does that mean you might pay a little more in a tax return or pay a little more in accounting or spend a little more time up front when you're kind of acquiring the satellite? Yes, 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 and yes. But I think based on where I'm sitting that the headache that you're going to have putting that together, the small headache is worth kind of like the migraine you're going to have when you try to sell it if you had a correct plan. Yeah, and typically where we're seeing doctors that are kind of unloading these is they're a little bit older. They've got second, third, maybe fourth child. They've got money now. Mm -hmm. They've got, you know, a lake house. They've got the things that they're looking to just basically enjoy now. But all of a sudden, they've got this second location, third lake. Now this associate leaves. Now the spouse is like, why are we doing this? And you're missing soccer practice. You're missing all these things. You're just like, it's not worth it. So typically, your financial plan is working in this. And so it's my experience is when your financial plan is working, The thing that we all want is just time. And so the multiple location will sometimes create time. Now, I think if we're going back to if you've got a vision about it and you can see it and you're setting it up, then that makes sense to me. So to me, if I've got the mothership and it's a big practice, multi-million dollar practice, you know, a couple of different ways that we can play this game is I can go out, invest in that satellite. But man, if I'm going to go out and invest in that satellite, I need to know who's going to work there. Yep. So I need to make sure, just like corporate, I'm going to buy the thing that senior doctor is going to you know, basically work back for me. I need to have a plan of how I'm going to grow that thing. I need to have a plan of what my profitability is going to be. I need to start marketing it to associates at dental schools or whatever. Bring that person in and create a plan for them that, A, they're going to become a partner in that business and maybe buy the whole thing out. Yep. Okay. So a lot of times senior doctors, they all they want to do is just they want to hold on to five or six, seven, eight locations. They just want to create this kind of a DSO model. And it can work. Mm -hmm. It can. But these are very, very unique, special individuals that are able to figure out how to package it. And I'm not saying that anyone that's listening is not that guy or not that gal, but it is a unique individual. Correct. You know, that's why there's only whatever, a half a dozen groups out there of all of dentistry, 150,000 to be able to figure out where there's I don't know, 100 locations or more yep. uh, type private equity groups that are there that have been able to accomplish it. And that is not just a single dentist. Those are private equity groups. Correct. So anyway, there's an opportunity that's there. So many different ways with the plan to grow these things, create the equity and sell it to someone else. And so 
It's an opportunity. I like it. It just needs to have a plan about it because if you enter this thing, it's going to create problems and you've kind of already dealt with them. So I think we just, let's focus more on those problems and kind of the why. Absolutely. Okay. So one of the problems, there's kind of these two go together. If my primary location and then I acquire a satellite and I just bring that satellite into my same entity that I've created for my practice, right? So I'm same EIN. I'm going to file one tax return for both locations. Everything is kind of consolidated. I view both of them as one thing from an IRS tax entity type standpoint. The problem that exists with that, right? I mean, and there's a way to fix this, but the problem that exists with that is it is all one return. When I go to, as a buyer to go get lending, I am now looking at one big pool of money and collections and expenses that I am not getting, right? I am only going to get a little subset of that from a satellite, or I'm only trying as a seller to sell a piece of that. And so being able to kind of look at that independently from a tax standpoint absolutely can help with transition. Another way that EIN is kind of different is from, and you mentioned this, billing, right? Do I want that satellite to have the same insurance structure and the same, do I want to accept the same insurances? Like, what do I want that satellite to be? Because without a separate entity, I'm essentially just making it an extension of my primary location. So Christy, let me ask you this question. Are you saying that as a seller, if you've got a mothership practice of a million dollars and a satellite of 500, it's a combined tax return of 1.5, that the doctor can't just print off a separate, maybe profit and loss statement from their QuickBooks that maybe they're running uh, separate, give that to the buyer and give that to the bank and expect that you're just going to sell that thing for $400,000. Is that what you're saying? That is kind of what I'm saying. <laughs> Without some strings, probably not, right? It just seems so easy. I mean, Charles, uh, it, it's $500,000, 80%. You know, it's over there and here's the lease. It's just, why can't the bank understand this? Yeah. And the reason why the bank can't understand that is because they need tax returns most of the time. Oh, and so okay. they need to okay. understand that that P&L that you just printed off your QuickBooks is actually what happened in that practice. So you're going to probably have some kind of obligation, guarantee, seller carry, whatever it might be to prove out for probably a couple of years that that satellite yep. is doing what you said it was doing before you as a seller can kind of be released from that. So the, the best way to kind of negate that is to create a separate entity and allow, and everything is separate, right? Mm-hmm. Primary office, satellite, can you brand them the same? Yes, we'll talk about that in a second. Can you operate them the same? Yes. But you know the most foolproof way to make sure that it is completely separate is that separate entity and separate EIN. Yeah, and so you know if you've got a single practice and you acquire a practice so you have to think about sometimes in those acquisitions for those satellite practice, you're thinking like, okay, I want to grow those. And he or she's referring out these procedures. He or she's not taking certain insurances. I don't take insurance. I don't like to take insurance myself. But for this young person I'm going to hire, maybe we're going to turn on the insurance game. And therefore, that's the reason for that EIN. Of course, you're going to pick up a tax return, but you've got to get past another $2,000 expense. You've got to get past maybe a five dollars or $6,000 accounting bill that's going to be separate that may be hard to justify because it's a smaller office. But with a vision and a plan, you've got to know that you need good accounting records to eventually manage the business. If you're going to start setting up all these other businesses, you need fantastic accounting. Yep. And that's the very next point. Like if you're going to, let's say you're the person who says, for whatever reason, I'm not doing another entity. I don't want another EIN. I don't want another tax return. At a 
bare minimum, you must set up separate accounting and not just collections, like expenses. Even if it's just, hey, this is the rate of production and this is kind of the share of supplies that are used. Like at a minimum, you need to understand the salaries, the lab supplies, rent, utilities, insurance, whatever it might be. You need to understand that for the satellite office, not only for transition purposes, but what you just mentioned. You need to understand the profitability of that. And is your office supporting, you know, your primary office supporting the satellite and enabling it to look as though it makes money, but truly it, it wouldn't if it stood on its own? A buyer is going to need to understand that for sure. A bank is going to want to understand that. And we can't just say this is an estimate. It's going to take a unique buyer, a unique seller, and a unique situation to rely on estimates for that. They're going to want to see, in the best case scenario, clean financials. And it's going to take the transition a heck of a lot longer if you're relying on estimates. You're hearing extra passion from Christy today because she has dealt with these people <laughs> with that have not done this. They, some of these are even Kane Waters clients. So she has dealt with this and painfully reconciled everything and pulled it apart and has done the best sales job ever to both the buyers and to the bank. So you're hearing extra passion yeah, from uh, Christy today. It is. And again, none of this is like ill intent, right? Like it's all just like, I never expected to do this, which is fine. And there are ways, you know, we can look at, you know, the ratio for an ortho practice. We can look at the ratio of production and say, Hey, we buy supplies all at the same time. So the ratio production can go to that, right? Based on this, if they're all doing the same types of starts. So there are ways to be educated about these estimates, but the much easier way is to just have the data that's factual in front of you versus having to make educated estimates. Let me say it this way. Corporate has, you know, let's say a hundred locations. Do you think that if they all did a million dollars or filing one gigantic, just one tax return and they don't have the numbers and, and true accounting on separate locations, they have every location down to science. Every single location they can look at new patient flow. They can look, they know exactly what employee works there, what day they can know, you know, the supplies are there. It's, they have systems in place from a billing standpoint of exactly what's being done. And it's no different. You have these separate locations, you have separate accounting, the accounting ties directly into the payroll. So if Susie works there one day, we're billing her there and it shows up as an assistant, hygienist or front desk person. You tell the Shine, Patterson or Benco people, whoever there's involved, is that if you're going to send a supply there, then this is the either A, EA number for billing or basically send the bill there and that's how I'm going to pay it. Or this is the credit card we're going to use. So yeah. it's not complicated to separate these offices is it a five or $6,000 expense? Yeah, but yeah. you need that as a tool to manage this. You need this as a tool to the future with a plan of how potentially you're going to transition or something. Yeah, and any kind of provider, payroll, supplies, whatever it might be, you're not going to lose your, a lot of people say, oh, I'm going to open a bunch of different locations so I can get some like buying power, like negotiate this for all my locations. Let's say it's a larger practice. You can still have one kind of overall contract that operates off two offices. So, mm-hmm. so you're not losing anything by kind of tracking it by office office. In fact, I I just feel like you're gaining a lot of data. So another thing outside of kind of the accounting is the employees and the other soft things about a practice. So oftentimes, and this is not the case always, but oftentimes if I'm a practice that has a satellite location, I have the same staff and my staff travel with me to the satellite. So I'm open two or three days at my primary location and then I travel one or two days to my satellite and the entire staff kind of goes with me. On the days that I'm not in the satellite or primary, there's a front desk person who answers the phone for both locations. So it's operating as one practice with two locations, not to independent practices. What is the problem there? Oh my God. I just think of so many stories and so many problems. 
So first of all, the new person is going to buy this thing. And then let's say you've got six, seven team members that are kind of all going back and forth. Who wants to work with the new guy? No one. (laughs) Right? I only want to work with senior guy. So we've got employee issues there. Then all of a sudden, you got to look at where the employees live. Well, you know, for the most part, they probably worked or live near the main location because the satellite was a second thought. So now they're, quote unquote, traveling over there. So no one wants to, you know, they've already got their home, kids in school, so they don't want to go travel over there to X amount. And then is that satellite, is it truly a two-day now? Listen, do they have a full-time job now? Mm-hmm. Are we just going to immediately go to a, that? more than likely the person buying that is going to be, a younger associate, they buy their practice. It's a three-day-a-week practice, two-day-a-week practice, and they're still going to be working at corporate or part-time someplace else. So now all of a sudden we bring over that employee. How committed are they? Are 100% now? We're getting full benefits? Like It's just, it creates so yeah. many problems. And there oftentimes is a lot of opportunity in these satellites to grow because right. the primary doctor has only been spending one or two days and that's all they had the capacity to do. Yep. So the opportunity is there for a buyer, which we love, but definitely some hurdles of how do I make that work now and how do I expand if I don't have people to expand? So you really are hoping that the the staff is staying with you for the day or two and then you're tasked with going out and hiring new staff and bringing them on board and maybe getting the old staff to train the new staff and transitioning them out. So again, another hurdle. And I think, again, that goes to then kind of the value of that satellite, right? Mm Mm-hmm. You know, if I'm selling just a full operational satellite that hums on its own and like has all its own pieces, that's clearly like a standard kind of valuation for that. But if I am selling something that has limited staff that aren't staying, I don't know what the financials look like, you know, I'm estimating those. How do I know that, you know, patients are going to come, you know, whatever it might be, that then starts to create this lower value than what you potentially could have received had it kind of been always its own thing. Right. I mean, that's we're kind of go into the territory of advertising and branding and processes. But, you know, if you've branded it as one location, now are you going to let the buyer keep your name? Well, yeah. You think, about the, practice? think about the website. Think yeah. about the, just even the phone number. Yeah. Okay. So all the marketing that's been out to that community still sitting on people's counters they're still thinking about it or they just they have it in their cell phone they, they call the dentist and it, you know it's going to ring now at the other location mm-hmm. okay and so it's like oh okay well what you know well i, I kind of just trusted the first doctor so i think i'll just go over there yeah so oh, this is a new one so uh look we're both optimistic we like young people to buy businesses Love. i'm just saying that we're going to have to be ask a lot more questions mm-hmm. and then sellers as you're listening you know, if you're just trying to unload one of these practices, you can't just assume it's some 85% of collections and it's everything's going to be fine when you don't have all the systems and you haven't thought this process through from the people and, and the branding and the phone and just all the softwares and all those things that are all working in well, harmony yeah. together. And you have to think about if I'm the seller, right? You have to be more flexible. Maybe on your website, you know, where you have two locations, maybe there's an announcement on your website that mm-hmm. this kind of has happened in this location and your, you know, maybe your phone is connected still for the same amount of time. And when they click on that, there's two two locations on your website, when they click on that, it's redirected to another site that kind of has 
maybe buyer, you create like a similar color scheme or something. There has to be some uniqueness where you as a seller allow the buyer to utilize your website still, utilize your phone number for a period of time because that is partly what you're selling unless you're not selling that. And then your value is probably much, much less because, you know, as we've talked about before in many episodes, the goodwill that you're selling is a large part of your purchase price. So if you're not selling employees and you're not selling branding and you're not selling advertising and you're not allowing them to use your website or phone number, a lot of that goodwill starts to kind of be diminished, especially if you're going to expect the buyer to kind of take the opportunity and run with it. They're going to be looking at it more above, hey, this is kind of a existing practice that I'm going to have to treat more like a startup in a way. One of the solutions there, if I was talking to both buyer and seller, is if I'm hearing the anxiety from a buyer about the purchase of this and what about this and what about that, then one of the solutions could be is we could create a partnership in that practice. So now the seller has an incentive to basically help grow that practice for that young person because they're making actually a profit off of it. And so we create a plan maybe where they're 50-50 partners. You get The young doctor gets paid off production. We have a profit center that we, we split between them. So now the senior doctor actually has an incentive off of this to make them successful. And the buyer feels like we're reducing risk because the seller is with them. And then we transition that plan and that practice over 100%, maybe over like a two-year period or something. Yeah. So just something like that. I know the bank would like that. Mm-hmm. We need to think out of the box sometimes of how these are going to work. Absolutely. So I hope, I mean, we talked a lot about the problems. Clearly, there's a lot of opportunities of satellite, and we definitely love them for opportunity for buyers and for sellers. Kind of, We had talked about the patient records a few episodes ago about how to acquire those and bring those in. So growth in any form we love, mm-hmm. but just the plan for growth and the plan for maybe the unexpected. I mean, that's what a transition is. Like most people are going to be able to live out their careers and retire at the end and sell the whole kit and caboodle. And that's fantastic. But I think COVID has all taught us that things happen that are unexpected and whether it's health or pandemic or whatever it might be, or just, Hey, I'm just tired and I want to enjoy, enjoy the lake house and kids. And so having a plan for that satellite or that secondary location from the beginning is really important. And if you didn't, if you have a satellite and you didn't do any of this and you now want to kind of consider, Hey, I'm thinking maybe that might be in my future, the next two to five years, you have time, even one year of solid, clean financials is helpful to a bank. So we're here as a resource, clearly, you know, your Kane Waters team or your financial planner or advisor, you know, those people are who you need to kind of consult with to say, Hey, this is something I'm thinking about. How do I make this happen? And what goes into this? So again, I hate ending on a bad note. I hate ending with problems. So there's opportunity and we're super optimistic, but just kind of wanted to get this out there to make sure you guys understand that satellites can be great, but they can clearly present, you know, challenges and transitions that we have to kind of understand. Yeah. I think, again, if you're buying a practice from charts, you know, and make a hundred thousand dollars investments on charts that are practice that was doing 500, that's a great opportunity. We can take that practice and, and, and grow. We can take those patients and put it inside our practice. We can take that patient base and keep that location and grow it and bring an associate and grow that thing to six or seven, eight hundred thousand dollars and eventually sell it for a five hundred thousand dollars. We can pull a lot of equity out of these investments. And so there is a reason to do this. It just needs to have a plan. And if you're gonna make these investments and you're planning on to pull the equity out, which that's what I would encourage you to do, then I would say do so with the lesson here today is just to consider separate entities and then also consider a separate accounting so we can have that and then so you can really manage it. 
And then let's be able to sell this to somebody, something, no private equity groups. If, if they're ever looking at businesses like this, this is what's going to sell them. Yep. You put all this whole thing together, they're just going to see it as a big cluster. Absolutely. So I think we've covered this one for today. Thank you guys so much for listening. As we approach 50 episodes, three more until we got to wow. 50, which is crazy. We're at almost 70,000 listens too. So we are so grateful for each and every one of you for letting us uh, take up your car ride or your gym time. A few like us, rate us, let us know what you want to hear. Until next time, friends, remember to subscribe on Transition Talk and uh, have a great week. One more thing is, will you share this? I know Christy's the nice. I'm asking you to share, <laughs> share, 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 share the love to, to classmates, to an entire Facebook group at your school, you know, to the entire residency group that you're in, to your colleagues. We need the love and we need some support. So uh, anyway, it's been fun. Christy, great job prepping today. And thanks for letting all your emotions out to all our listeners today. Uh, anytime, Charles. <laughs> Have a great week, guys. See ya.